0: And if you forget everything I say about a sales conversation, remember this. If they're doing a, the, the majority of the talking, you're doing an awesome job.
1: Welcome to Investing in the U.S., and Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate. From Los Angeles, I'm Reid Goossens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. So you already know each week that we bring you cracking investing insight and information from our incredible guests. And the reason is to educate. We help you start successfully investing in US real estate. And this week is no different. So let's get cracking into today's show. Are you having a hard time finding and sourcing great single-family cash-flowing properties? I bet you're finding it hard to locate a good cash-flowing deal in your local market, right? Well, on this show, we are all about successful investing. And successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets with the right team. Here at Investing in the U.S. Podcast, we have joined forces with that right team, which is Narada Real Estate. The team at Narada Real Estate specializes in finding great cash-flowing single-family properties across different markets within the United States. Check out naradarealestate.com to find out more. That is N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. chatting with Judson Smith about the techniques he uses to find more investors to help him fund his cracking deals. G'day Judson, welcome to the show. Reid, how's it going man? good mate good so guys just a little bit about Judson's background he is a former professional baseball player with the Cincinnati Reds and spent four years in the league since then Judson has gone on to own and operate a few successful businesses and in 2011 he turned his attention to real estate investing he has completed over 60 residential deals since then and is now actively involved in buying large multifamily deals using other people's money or as I like to call it syndication <laughs> but Judson, before we dive into all the nuts and bolts of understanding the techniques that you use to get increase your invested database, can you tell us something that most people might not know about you unrelated to being a successful real estate entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I got started in real estate was actually through the service business. So, you know, a lot of guys, uh, sometimes they start with, with getting into small deals, and I was actually not involved in real estate deals at all. So I was uh, an owner-operator of a pest control business, and uh, one of the interesting things was I, I kept doing termite inspections for these vacant houses, and uh, one day, uh, one of the owners happened to be out at the house, and uh, just to ask him, I was like, hey, man, what what's going on with this house? And he was like, well, I'm buying it and, and rehabbing it to resell. I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. We've got to grab a coffee sometime. So started through pest control.
1: Fantastic. And I know we talked a little bit offline. You've had a couple I said in the beginning you had a couple of businesses. So was it a natural progression just to jump into real estate investing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was one of those things where I just I just saw enough of it. I mean, I was getting getting real life examples every single day, both through the service business and and through entrepreneurs that I was meeting. And one of the things I kept kept hearing as a common theme was that everyone who was wealthier in a position that I wanted to eventually be in was involved somehow in real estate.
1: Right, right. And how long was that transition from, you know, I mentioned that you were a professional baseball player, which is awesome. <laughs> and we can touch on that if you want. But how, how long did it take you before you, you know, you transitioned out of baseball into pest control business? How long did it take you before you saw that house? And then you started actively investing full-time or you turned your business over to be investing full-time in real estate.
0: Yeah. So it took us about two years. We got in by taking, so the pest control company was was doing well and we would take every 10 to, to $15,000 worth of profit that we had, we would take over and put against a bank note on a rental property. So that's the way that we first jumped into the game. And then we were also investing with another rehabber. So Uh, At first, like many investors, I was a little bit timid to just jump into the rehab. Uh, People who know me know what type of carpentry skills I have or (laughs) lack thereof, I should say. (laughs) So before I really understood the game, I was willing to to put some chips down on the table and just see how it worked.
1: Sure. So you you found a local uh, expert or was it the same guy that you had done the pest control uh, inspection on the prior property?
0: It was not. So I actually met my first rehab, the, the guy that I originally started investing in as a rehabber, I met when I bought a duplex. So one of the first properties that we bought was a duplex and it was a nice single family home that he had rehabbed and converted.
1: Sure, sure. Awesome. Um, that's incredible. So you you come from baseball, you've gone into the pest control business, you've met this guy, you've done a few rehabs and, and what markets are all, sorry, I didn't even ask, where are you, where are you based? Where are you doing all your deals?
0: So most of our deals are done in the Raleigh Durham area of North Carolina,
1: and that's where you're based right now. For all the listeners out there, absolutely that's fantastic. So Judson, you know, the, let's start at the beginning. The topic of today's show, and that's why I've got you on the today on the show today, was because we had a bit of a chat offline, and you're telling me a little bit more about your techniques that you use. All uh, well, that successful entrepreneurs like yourself use to get more investors involved in their deals. So can you start at the beginning and walk us through some of the most successful techniques you use to raise capital from investors and to essentially convert them into buying more deals and helping fund your business?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. And it, it kind of fits in with my story as well. So I was talking about taking some profits over to the bank and and starting notes on rental houses and we found out really quick that it was impossible to to grow a portfolio just using a bank one at our age <laughs> being in being you know just low thirties and having a, a a financial history that was that was not extended yet you know we had only had the company for for a year or so at the time, so I realized really quickly that the bank wasn't the place to go for money. I also realized that the leverage that I could create by using other people's money was powerful so one of the first steps for me as a real estate investor was, okay, I need to use other people's money to do deals so I can move fast and I can get bigger. Then I got really scared. <laughs> so I was like, well, how how can I ask? Back then I looked at it as asking people for money. And I was like, how do you go get someone to to loan you their money to do your deal? Honestly, Reed, I, I struggled for a long time. I was in a lot of just bang up conversations where I would pick up the phone and I would be so nervous that, that what would come out was just completely different than what I had planned in my head. So, uh, so I started to put together some techniques. And one of the first things that, that really changed for me was my mindset around raising capital. You know, getting private mortgage lenders, the mindset had to, had to shift from asking for money to offering an opportunity. See, there's a really big difference in those two things. When you're asking, I realized I was coming from a place of desperation. You know, will you will you please look at this deal? Will you please uh, loan me $100,000 or $150,000? Please, I really need this. You know, these were the type of words that were coming out of my mouth. And so it wasn't until I made that mental shift to, listen, guys, I've got something that might be of value to you. Why don't you check this out? What are you currently earning? on your money. I think I've got a solution that can help you earn a lot more than you're currently getting. So there was a shift there. And so the first technique, Reed would be just changing your mindset around uh, borrowing money or using money, offering the opportunity.
1: That's incredible. And I think you touched on a lot of points that a lot of people don't understand when they first start using OPM or other people's money. And that is Mindset, and and as you said, you're not you're not asking people for money. You're offering an investment opportunity, and I think that's very very key for anyone out there listening if they're thinking about scaling their their real estate business. And I love what you said that you got to the point where you just. You ran out of leverage op- options, you ran out maybe your own money, and and any business out there, regardless if it's real estate or not, uses other people's money to become successful and to grow, and that's just how, how business works. It's an interesting game that you and I sort of are on that sort of uh, grassroots level of we're playing the entrepreneur and we're playing the business development manager by raising capital from investors. So. So that's incredible, mate. So, so you've got your mindset. What's the next step that you would you would then use or tell someone if they came to you and say, "Hey, Judson, I want to learn your techniques. How do I go about, you know, successfully raising money from people?"
0: Sure. So, I think the next step would be sell yourself the deal. Sell yourself the deal. So, it it's one thing to believe in your deal and to understand your deal, but when you start to to really dig into your deal. Uh, you lose that fear of of well, why will this work or why will it not work or uh, the nuts and bolts of the deal. Um, once you once you know that, you gain this this confidence, this swagger in your deal that comes through a phone conversation. It comes through a, a cup of coffee conversation. You know, investors, potential investors can see you know you've got the the chest out as I call it. You've got the swagger about the deal because you know it. Now the the catch to that is. Investors really don't care about your deal. So they, they don't always care about the nuts and bolts of the deal, but just knowing it, just selling it to yourself, uh, it it just puts off that, that vibe, that, that environment that investors feel comfortable in.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And I, I, I think that's, that's also very, very important because not when people don't know a deal, investors can smell it from a mile away. And particularly when you're trying to, in my experience anyway, um, when you, you, you developing those new relationships, um, having knowing a deal inside out is very, very key, but I'd like to just add, uh, one other little caveat to it is also having a cracking deal. You know, if you don't want to be trying to shovel mud uphill and and it's, it's just a mediocre deal, I think that's really, really important for other people out there listening, um, Know your deal, and you know. Hopefully, it's a cracking deal that you've got. What What's next along along the sort of the, the techniques that you would recommend? Um, we'll, keep walking us through this process of of how you go from I found this cracking deal to closing on it with four or five or ten investors.
0: Sure. So one of the next things I like to do is is when you when you're presenting the deal. So you've you've wrapped your mind around this the psychology of the of the deal, the belief in the deal. You're very familiar with the deal and and how it works and how it moves, and then the next next thing would be to bring it, start to bring it to investors. And I've had a lot of guys ask me, you know, well, well how do you do that? What what's the script? What's that first phone call? And you know, one of the funny things is you really don't know your script until you're you're a hundred guys in. You know, you don't you don't understand what you're supposed to say until you've you've messed it up a few times. So. I like to take the, you were just talking about having a cracking deal. I like to take the cracking deals to, to new guys, you know, guys that, that maybe I haven't worked with before because I'm excited about it and it allows me to tune. Listen, Reed, I know I'm going into the first five or six phone calls and I'm going to completely, completely botch it and they still might take the deal. So, you know, it's one of those things. If you know, you lose that fear when you know. Okay, I'm presenting my deal for the first time or let's say we've got some listeners who have never presented a deal. Once you're familiar with that deal, take it, just start taking it to people. That action will will help you overcome the fear of presenting your deal.
1: Interesting, interesting. And then does someone just start like who would you recommend they start pitching the deal to? You know, like you've got I'm sitting here, I've never I'm a person out there who's never raised money in their life. they've got a good deal, they think they've got a good deal. Is it friends and family, or do they go to strangers like who who would you recommend to start with?
0: Great question so yeah, a lot of people a lot of people say friends and family is the place to start, and as we both know, a lot of real estate investors start out using their friends and family. I've got another method, so that that would be one. I've got an additional method that I call the networking ladder. And this is where you just start to mix it up in your community. And as, as cliche as that might sound, every community, every country has some type of real estate network. So uh, with the internet today or the cell phone, it's very easy to find that. Hop in, go to the next one, listen to what guys are talking about, introduce yourself. Okay, one of the, one of the biggest things I see with guys who, who do this method is they try to do too much too soon. So when I say introduce yourself, like go mix it up like you would at the bar or the coffee shop. Don't come in pitching everybody your deal because honestly, no one cares about your deal until they know you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think that is that's, – that's hugely important and, and people – Tend to, I've seen it happen a few times with newbies at at, uh, at even my networking event. They come in, there and they're sort of walking around the room, sort of, oh well, look what I've got under my you know under my shirt. It's sort of just <laughs> take a chill pill, man. It's going to take a long time between someone who they when they meet you to then actually writing a check to invest in your deal. And and as you said. People aren't, you touched on it briefly, people aren't as concerned about the deal, but they, they are, but they also want to invest in you yourself and your story, and they need to like you because that's how anyone just gets started. No one's just born with 10 years worth of credibility in real estate investing and raising capital. Everyone has got to start somewhere, and that somewhere is, you know, someone's got to like you. I, I, it, would you? Would that be correct, Judson? I, th-
0: I think that's 100% right, and I would even take it one step further to say, You know, a lot of people don't care about your deal. 99% of investors don't care about your, your deal. And when we look at the psychology of sales, the one thing that everyone's worried about is themselves. What, what can this do for me? How much money is this going to put in my pocket? Well, well, nice deal Judson, but you don't know that, that my son and my daughter are hitting me up for five grand a month in ridiculous expense. You know, we don't, we don't know. And we don't, we don't pretend to know someone's needs on the other side. In the same way, they don't care about the deal. They don't care what the they don't care what the deal is going to do for you, they care what it's going to do for them. So it's actually a perfect segue reading to one of my next points, and that's that's the question based selling. When you're presenting your deal, it it's it's fun it's, it's creative to go in and, and lead with questions to really get to find out what those needs are. And this is like what we were just talking about. Let's call it investment dating. You know, you don't just walk into the, to the bar or the coffee shop and, you know, try to take the girl home on the, on the first, in the first hour. Um, so finding out, finding out the needs is very important. And there's some simple ways to, to do this. If for you guys who like to, to hear, you know, actual tactics, Think about questions like this, like, what are you currently doing with your money? That's an open-ended, broad question, and then you just shut up. Then you just let them talk. Because the more they get to talk, the more they feel like they have in common with you, the more trust and rapport starts to get gained, and they start to open up about things that they never would have told you if you came in pitching your deal.
1: Interesting. I like it, and it sounds Judson. I'm going to just jump to a conclusion because I think I already sure. know, I know. I already know the the answer to this is you've had sales background or something. Is is that right? I can I can kind of tell that you know not everyone out there is a sales guru and, and and understanding those techniques. Just like what you said about framing the question differently goes back to mindset. Goes back to how you take that first step, and you're not even talking anything about the deal. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more on I'm sitting down in front of an investor. I've got them, you know, I've got them to the coffee shop, which is awesome. How you've, you've asked that simple question. What's the sort of, how do you then bring the deal around? Is it, is it, is it five, 10 minutes of just small chat and talking more about them? Or is it like um, when you, you you take, you go out on a date for the first time, as you said, and you are just all interested about what this other person has to say.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Reed. And I think once, once you get to that place of of knowing your deal and having confidence, you'll be you'll be less apt to just spew your deal on somebody. And those windows open up in most conversations. So if you're if you're comfortable if, with yourself, and and that takes a lot of work. Trust me, I, I was uh, I had to basically rebuild myself after coming out of out of baseball because I lost my identity. Um, all I ever was was an athlete. So. That's where some of this, this sales background that, that you're picking up was because I, I took time to teach myself and understand what was and wasn't working. And that came through a ton of failure. So, so if you're listening today and you just got going, just know you got to fail a lot and that's completely okay. Uh, but back to the sales conversations, I, I believe, read that windows open up during a conversation Uh, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing magic. It's not like some light's going to come on and say, present deal here. But when you go in with a genuine confidence and you go in with a, with a genuine want to hear the other person out, to see where they are, the space will open up to present the deal. So the mechanics look like this, you know, you go in and you're having a, you're having a, Hey, how you doing conversation. And, uh, you know, obviously at some point this person raised their hand to get to the coffee shop. So you could say something like, so tell me a little bit more about your interest in, in investing or what you're currently doing to invest, or, you know, if you know a little bit more about them, tell me how that, that stock you were telling me about is doing. You know, even if you know where the answer is going, the idea is to get them talking. So when they do the majority of the talking, and if you forget everything I say about a sales conversation, remember this, if they're doing a, the, the majority of the talking, you're doing an awesome job.
1: Awesome. Okay. Interesting. That's, that's a very, very interesting type of mindset. And for like, I'm not a salesperson by by any means. And, you know, I still am constantly tweaking my, when I meet with investors and how I frame the conversation, I think it's very, very important to, to the takeaway is that you go in there wanting to know about them more and not framing and, and, and asking questions that are not got nothing to do with your deal at all. And and you, it, as you said, there might be a window of opportunity to present it towards the end of the conversation. But Judson, tell us a little bit more about, I was very interested to hear about the cold calling uh, side of the techniques. And I don't know if this is, if I'm jumping ahead or please correct me if I, if I am, but to get the person at the coffee shop, you obviously have to make uh, an introduction, right? You have to, you have to create that first time that you would, would, would talk to them on the phone and, and, and get them, interested in in meeting with you. So how do you go about doing that? And what are the sort of steps from when I've made a, a, uh, my first call to sitting down with someone face-to-face?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So outside of our boots on the ground networking, which is something that we should be doing just in daily living our lives as, as real estate investors, we should always be networking and, and keeping our are uh, ears open for for guys that are around us that could be potential investors? So that would be step number one. You know, just always always be aware of your surroundings, where you are. Hang out in places that wealthy people hang out or investors hang out. You know, things like uh, just cliche off the top of my head, cigar shops or you know yacht clubs or you know step step up your social game. In other words, and don't don't go to the dive bar with the college kids. Go hang out somewhere nice and get into some conversations, uh, even if it's not about investing. So as far as like actual techniques for extracting investors, one of the things that that we're just implementing and testing now, it's a combination of a text blast, a voicemail blast, and a cold calling campaign. And we pull our list from fondprofitmoneynow.com And we'll be able to post a link, I'm sure, uh, in the show read for for people who want to check that out. Uh, It's a subscription-based service, and what it gives you is it gives you everyone who's invested, who's paid cash for a real estate transaction. So this will be from from a dollar up to to millions of dollars, and it will give you the the names, the addresses, and the phone numbers of these people. Yeah, and you'll have to go through each county and extract the the people that you want to extract. And the way that we do it when we're raising for multifamily – is we get access to everyone who has invested at least a quarter million dollars in a real estate transaction, and the reason we pick a quarter million is because you know a lot of these deals for multifamily are bigger, bigger money deals. We're asking for you know a million or a million five or two million. So there's no need to go asking the guy who you know transferred a property to his daughter for a dollar uh, to invest in a multifamily deal. Don't waste your time. So what we'll do is we'll extract those names. They pull out to an Excel list. We'll take the Excel list and we'll upload the Excel list to something like TextFire or Voicemail Blasting System, which I can also – we can put links for both of those in. And it takes care of the rest. You record your message on the phone. Uh, a lot of times my message will sound like, hey, this is Judson with, with Central Sierra Investment. I found or I know through uh, research that you've invested in another real estate project. I'd love to talk to you about one that we have coming on online. Very, very simple. So, And, and again, one common theme to keep in mind is, guys, tweak this stuff to who you are. Because at the end of the day, you, you're going to be the one having a conversation. You can't have that conversation as Reed. You can't have that conversation as, as Judson, um, because it's just not you. And like Reed said, investor, you, you feel that, right? Reed, you, you feel those things. So I'll leave that more, that message. I'll hit a button and it'll launch up to, you know, 2000 voicemail blast at a time. Those will go out and then we'll get the return calls back which we usually set up to like a Google voice or a freedom voice and have another message there. Like, thank thank you for calling. You know, this is Judson. Thank you for uh, your speedy response. I'm currently occupied, but I'll get back with you, you know, as soon as I can. And the reason we leave a message there is so we find out who's truly motivated. So you don't have to waste your time with the tire kickers or the people who are just like, well, where'd you get my number? Why'd you call me? <laughs> the The angry people as we call them. But yeah, so that's, that's one method. The text blast works the same way through a company called call fire. You can set up a nice text message and, uh, you know, just something again, general, got a real estate deal that I think you might be interested in. Give me a text back if you're interested.
1: Okay. Interesting. And that's, these are very, very interesting techniques for someone who's listening out there. that have got no idea that this sort of, uh, this even exists. And I, and I guess, you know, marketers 101 would know all about this and all about these techniques. So for someone who is a layman like myself in the marketing space, this is very, very interesting stuff. So you, you said that you, you, you develop a list through a website, and as, as you said, we'll have all the links from today's show in the show notes on my website. You, you get a list uh, of all people who have paid cash for a property. You like to target people of two of a quarter million dollars or more you then set up a voicemail system that, that doesn't actually call the phone. It just sends them the voicemail. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So it goes right to, for those of you who have the iPhone, which is what I have, so I'm most familiar with that, but it would just pop right up in that, in that voicemail section, uh, which, which honestly kind of hurts the uh, feedback a little bit, You know, the numbers of, of response. Um, that campaign will be somewhere in the range of 3 to 4%. Uh, which those of you, you know, in the real estate business know sometimes we get really happy about those low numbers <laughs> because if you blast out 10,000 or 20,000 messages, you can get yourself into, into 50 phone calls.
1: Sure, 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 sure. So, so you've, got the, you've, you've, you've sent the voicemail, you've sent the text, they've then called you back. You've been able to then sort of screen the, the, the callbacks because they're going straight to a, another voicemail. Mm-hmm. And then what's the next step after that?
0: yeah so then you then you can kind of gauge the motivation, uh, which is the same way and this technique actually comes from wholesaling single family houses so this is the same type of technique that you use in in wholesaling. You really want to gauge who 's motivated and and one of the things again, to talk about a, a mental point, one of the differences is sometimes at first, when we first hop in the game, we feel, we feel that desperation. So we want to, we want to screen everybody. We want to talk to everybody. Right. right. Do you remember that feeling? Yes. I it's do. like, okay, if you've got a, if you've got a pulse and you've seen an apartment complex or, or a house before, I want to talk to you because you could be an investor. Yep. And what we end up with is a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted time and a lot of people who lead us down the road. So The reason if, if you're, you know, listening to the call and you're like, man, this guy runs people through the gamut before he talks to them. There's a, there's a reason for that because once we get them to the end of the line by their choice, we know that they're very motivated. So then when we make that follow up phone call, Hey, it's Judson. I I got your message. We're already halfway down the road, Reed. Because they, they've shown an interest, they've raised their hand twice, they've had a conversation and, and most of the time that call very easily and very naturally moves to a, so tell me what you got going on right yep. from the investor.
1: Right, 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 right. Because that's what they're calling you about, right? Because that that's, yeah. that's the whole point of what you left the voicemail for and the text message.
0: Interesting. There's no surprises. At that point, you just get into the to the guts of the deal as much as... As much as they are welcoming, you know, you get that feel for the conversation. You've got your, uh, you've got your engineer type guys. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, but your guys who love the, the nuts and the bolts and they want to know if the, if the gutters are level on the project. And then you've got your guys who, who just want to know when they're getting paid, your yacht guys, you know, the guys who are like, listen, I'll, I'll wire the money. Let me know when it's, when it's coming back.
1: Yeah. And, and Justin, I, my background's in in engineering and I'm all about the straight gutters. I won't invest without straight gutters. <laughs> I, I kid, I, I'm i joking. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but so what's the, you said the success rate of that was like three to 4%. Is, yes. you, you had a follow-up phone call. Does it then progress into the coffee and the meeting face-to-face?
0: It does if they're local. So if, if the investors are local, we, we target people in we start by targeting people who are in our area because we know there is a certain face to face element involved especially at first until you you know really establish yourself and then we target around our deals. So I know you and I have been talking about a deal that we're we're cranking out in South Carolina. We'll go in and we'll target the counties that are around around that that complex. And so that way they know, you know, they can do a drive-by or they know it's real. All we're trying to do is bring up the percentage that they, that they believe and trust in our deal.
1: Got it. Okay. And in, in a question that comes to mind for me, because I live in Los Angeles, but I, I invest in interstate. So would you recommend for someone like myself or someone else who's listening out there, if they do invest interstate, to look in and around their local area and around where the property is or both?
0: I think both is the best place to start. But you know the truth is, investors can come from anywhere. And you know, you and I were also talking. We've got a guy who's investing uh, in our company from China, and who works who works over in the states. So you never know. You know, it's it's okay. Do as many phone calls as you as you have the capacity to do, or text blast um, the budget and the capacity to do. Do as many as you can because you might call a guy out in out in Los Angeles who his father lives in Raleigh. And the deal's in, in Durham, which is a, a neighboring city to Raleigh. So you, you, you can easily hit these investor pockets. So I guess the best answer to that, Reid, would be do do as many as your as your budget and your time capacity allows.
1: I, I think that is, that is is really, really good pieces of advice because a lot of people out there are probably thinking, oh, what's this going to cost me? So, so Judson, run us through some of the sort of basic numbers for someone to get set up with, you know. I don't and and I guess a, a a lead up question to that is how many calls would you be making a day or a week and then how does that scale to uh you know a number to to do those calls per week.
0: Yeah, great question. So, when we first hopped in, we were doing right around 2 to 250 calls a day. And then we realized that as you you hit on this earlier, when you're trying to wear all hats and be a be a Corporate, you know, you're the CEO and you're also the janitor. Um, <laughs> it gets a little bit tough, and and you really have to tune in. And this could be another another podcast alone, but uh, on focusing on the things that are getting you true growth. So if you can't do that in your business, uh, eventually it's it's a ticking time bomb. Uh, so what we did is we tried making the calls ourselves. Then we started outsourcing and putting in things like the text blast. And the voicemail blast to make sure that we were getting motivated people to us. That was the main objective. So in terms of cost, uh, you're looking at anywhere if you had, if you're just getting going and you could put together a thousand dollars per month to do this marketing, you would be able to touch, rough estimate, about seven to eight thousand people. The text blast is, uh, depending on what type of program that you, you sign up on, it's it's like three cents a text. Mm-hmm. A text, right. Uh, yeah, three to five cents based on which program you sign up with. The fine private money now has lots of different packages, so just check out the link and see uh, which one fits you best. But you know, to to touch on that very, very briefly, if you are working on a limited budget, right, there's that catch-22 in real estate that's like, of course, the guys that can spend twenty grand a month can can get more deals. The truth is consistency in marketing is much more important than having this this huge budget. So if you've got a thousand dollars to spend and that's all you can do right now as you continue to save more for your deals, maybe split that up. maybe do five hundred this month and use five hundred to get you into month two
1: yes. Think, Just keep going I think and I think that's very, very keen that was probably my next question you said between seven and eight thousand people that 's a lot of people to be touching um, or, or or contacting i 'm sure it 's scalable right you know you might only say to yourself because people start out with small goals right i 'm always a, 'm I'm, I'm a big believer of you're not going to get to your big goal of you know being financially free or whatever that might be without creating smaller goals, and one of those smaller goals might be to attend four networking events a month and you know do 250 text blasts. I don't you know I don't know, and, and so in that yeah. that's, it's all scalable. I would assume, right?
0: Absolutely, and the way that we make it scalable is to dedicate a certain amount of profit into marketing. So this is another another trait or habit that that came from wholesaling single family houses was whenever you make a profit if you can we're doing 20% right now just trying to to really scale up but if you can dedicate 20% of your profit back into marketing if you think about that what you're actually creating is a self-sustaining machine because that same 20,000 that or 20% rather that comes from that monthly salary or monthly earnings from current deals is going to create more monthly revenue for deals. And then that 20... So you see how both those numbers grow and both those numbers are related to one another, marketing costs versus deals closed. Right,
1: right, 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 right. I, I completely agree. And I think allocating a bit of your, your profit to that is very, very important because it, as you said, it keeps a sustained presence in front of these people. And it's not about the volume, it's about the consistency. So completely very, agree. Very, very good takeaway pieces of advice. So I know we briefly touched on this, this point before, and, and this show is all about helping international investors start successfully buying US real estate. You, you mentioned that you're actively working with a, a group out of China. How, how are you working with them and, and what sort of value are you providing to these investors?
0: So the simple answer to that question would be uh, returns. The returns here right now, and and I'll just be completely honest with you. I don't study probably currency markets and oil markets like I should. I know just enough about it uh, to work for my own sales pitch. <laughs> in other words, like I know when they're going up or down. Right. Uh, but it but it helps because people like to you know people who are taking a bath in the in the market. Uh, those are customers for you. So when you're providing value and your value is you're helping people grow their money, uh, it's nice to know just a little bit about, you know, what other markets or what other tools are doing. The China investors, and it's, I'll back up a little bit. The way we, at, we were talking about the networking ladder. So how you get into these pockets and pools of investors. So the, the Chinese investor that we're currently working with, uh, we actually met him through a single family home deal. And Reed, we were laughing about this earlier because we we he is the private money funder for a customer of ours who bought a forty thousand dollar house so if you think about those numbers we're now looking at at a one point two million dollar investment that was derived from from selling a tear down house so if you're you know why network why go out and market why ask the questions it's because you might get into just because a guy you you think he might be one type of investor, he might be way bigger than you think.
1: Right, right, and that's the very, very important to uh, to take away is that you asked the question for someone who was it was a tear down. Was it was a client of yours. Or was it was a tenant of yours. How how did that work? It,
0: yeah, it was someone who bought a wholesale property ah, for from got us. It. Got it. Yeah, and their private funder uh, was a gentleman that that. Fund, he funded the deal, and then we went. We asked our client. We said, "Hey, do you mind if we talk to this particular gentleman's name was Peter?" We said, "Hey, do you mind if we talk to Peter and just uh, ask him about some other things that we have going on?" She said, "Absolutely." So made the phone call and, you know, went through the whole like, "How's it going?" We had the common theme of of the Andrew House. So we were able to to touch on those points, and then it rolled into a conversation of, hey, by the way, we've got a multifamily project that we're working on. Do you or anyone that you know uh, involve themselves with multifamily? Interesting, interesting. And then and, it was sent over the details.
1: That's – and that's really, really key. I, I'm just, my, my mind's running now because I'm, I've got so many questions to continue to ask you. But I know you know you're pressed for time. But I wanted to know that when you frame those questions, like you, you may not say you, you find an investor, but you don't actually have a deal just yet. How do how are you guys keeping them on the hook, or keeping them interested when you don't have that deal, you know, right away under contract? Or you? Might oh, be that's looking-
0: a great question. That's a great question. And and this is another thing that single family uh selling single family or trading, I call it single family houses has taught me. And that's deals come and go. And that's that's completely normal. You know, deals are on the table for for a limited amount of time and they come and go. So without being dishonest, which is very, very huge, guys, like never if you don't have a deal, you don't have a deal. But there's a way to frame conversations where you could say things like, we're working on a multifamily investment. And that's true it's not deceiving to the investor is that something that you or someone in your circle would be interested in if they say send details you know you can do a follow up and say hey this is what our company is is looking to do here's a couple of projects that that we're looking at because we're always we always have something something on the hook
1: sure sure or, or some, something to be underwritten and then you can send them a package a small package Um, to get them more enticed and continue to ask questions and hopefully then potentially sit down for a coffee and then talk all about them, right?
0: (laughs) You're, hey man, you sounds like you already got it. And yes, (laughs) you just want, you just want to keep the conversation alive. That's the important part. If you don't, if you're, if you're stalling until you get a deal and stalling might be the wrong word. I think a better word would be if you're, if you're courting, right? Like if you're courting the, the investor until you, until you have a deal that's hot. Uh, then just make sure you keep the the conversation alive and and there's so many ways to follow up guys if again like we talked about the coffee shop conversation being about them and their and their kids and you know without being too cheesy just just focusing on them uh follow up can be the same way reed you know it can be you don't have to always follow up with your deal
1: right i, I think one of the biggest little techniques that that i've learned and it's it just purely through this is a personal trait of mine and I, I I'm not great with people's names, but I'm really really good with uh, something that might have told me last time I saw them. So if I see them again at a networking event, I say, "Oh hey hey Paul or hey Bill, how's it going? How is so and so doing?" And they're like, "Wow, you remembered that!" And it's just like that there has created amazing. that value. And and I don't do it out of a sales pitch way. I do it out of a gent from a genuine point of view. But it's just the way that I was brought up and the way that I, you know, I just, I am as a person, I, I remembered I remember, you know, you had a car crash, you know, three months ago, are you okay now, or, or, or something that is not even related to investing. And, and, and it's surprising how many times people are like, wow, he remembered, you know, <laughs> so beautiful, I think instant rapport, instant rapport. I love it. I love it.
0: That's, and I think, you know, I think it's important for people to to hear as well. You know, we keep, and this this should be a common theme. We keep saying, you know, nobody really cares about your deal, people care about people and at at the end of the day people care about people you know people want to be noticed they want they want attention so when you say something like hey you know it how's steve doing it at the university of of whatever you know like you were just talking about talk about their kids or or their 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 children or their pets or w- whatever it is it just it's like hey this guy really this guy really cares
1: exactly you you're you're taking interest in their personal life and that's really really important yes Uh, So Judson, with all your experience in raising capital, uh, using very, very creative techniques, I know you're primed to give me your top five investing tips. you ready to get into it? Yes. So, mate, what is the most successful habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals?
0: Yes. So my my best daily habits is what I call my my morning kickstart. And uh this gets me in a position to be ready for whatever the day is gonna throw at me, so very simply that consists of of waking up out of bed. I usually do some type of movement, whether it's a push up or or a air squat um with cup of water, a uh, cup of cold water, a bulletproof coffee, and a five minute cold shower
1: <laughs> fantastic yeah, that's incredible that that will definitely get you going <laughs> that's
0: it then you're prepared for whatever the the real estate. World wants to throw at you.
1: Five minute cold shower. How does it go in the winter time?
0: Oh, gets even colder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. you know that
1: actually comes from uh,
0: Tony Robbins. I don't know if you're familiar yes. with, with Tony Robbins, but it, Tony. it's it stimulates the central nervous system. And you know, we talk about having conversations with people or, or not being uh, not being in that morning fog, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we've got to hit the ground running, and and that first phone call at nine nine a.m. might be, you know. Ready to key in right there.
1: Right, right. No, I love it. I'm going to have to start doing a air squat or a push up and a five minute cold shower. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go, but maybe, <laughs> maybe give it a, a try on Monday morning. You'll uh, be awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the most influential tool you use in your real estate business and why? We might have already spoken about it, but there might be another influential tool.
0: Sure, there's another one. I, I, I well, obviously, the cell phone is the most the, the most that tool that we have in our hand if used correctly right it can be a it can be a facebook and an internet game device or it can be the most powerful driving force of your business when we think about call we've got calling people you know if you're ever riding down the road and you find yourself cutting on the radio pick up the phone and call somebody if you're not doing all the deals that you want to do or making the money that you want to make there's somebody that needs to needs a phone call or a text message or an email from you, and that's all right there in your mobile
1: right but we, we're going to advise don't do that while you're
0: driving don't yes <laughs> absolutely we're not condoning text. Although my wife says that's the time where I text the most, um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh uh,
1: but
0: maybe if I'm riding shotgun, that would be okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but I,
1: I, <laughs> I hear what you're trying to, what you're trying to say is that in the car, if you can make a phone call on using hands-free, do it because yes. you've got a bit of time rather than flipping through the stations. I, I, am I'm, I'm all about that sort of stuff. Uh, Judson, who, what's the most exciting project you're working on right now?
0: I'm very excited about our Colony Apartments uh, down in South Carolina. We've been studying the market for a while. There's a team. So the multifamily team is is uh, four of us, and we've been just looking at this looking at this market for a while and you know studying emerging markets is basically being ahead of the ahead of the curve for where jobs and and uh population growth where those those economics are going to move um, and we're very excited about that project it's eighty six units it's something that we're picking up at three point eight million there's about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of of uh construction to do there. And then we'll be repositioning that into a, uh, into a B class asset from a C. The area is already a B and we'll be looking to, uh, get the reappraisal in at about between 5.7 and 5.8 million, uh, within a year.
1: Fantastic. That's, that's great. Where'd you find that? how did you find that deal?
0: That was just through brokers. So, one of our teammates does, does nothing but contact brokers uh, on a daily basis, which is another, again, we can get into some of those methods. I'd, I'd love to, uh, to hop on again. But, bro- brokers, you know, these guys are looking to make, they, get, they feed their families by, by selling multifamily complexes and commercial spaces. So, when you start to make those relationships, even if it's over the phone, Eventually, you're going to get a callback on some hot deals.
1: Right. Interesting. That's, and it probably goes back to the similar techniques that you need. To, consistency is key to follow up with those types of people as well. We Absolutely. All, as you said, we could have a whole uh, topic or whole podcast show just on that. And I think I'm, you've inspired me to, to do that, actually. So I might get you back in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> awesome. What's, who's the most influential person in your career to date?
0: Yeah. And, and I have trouble just, just putting one name. On that, uh, you know, my parents obviously instilled, just like you were talking about the, the personality, the, the following up, the genuinely caring about, about people's feelings. Uh, you know, my, my mom was always a, a yes, sir, uh, no, sir, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am type person. She really stressed that. And what that, what that sort of snowballed into is, uh, is caring about people. And caring about, you know, monitoring how you treat people and how you talk to people; those things are very important, and people remember that. Uh, my dad, he—I I used to always joke with him. He, he was always, you know, pay attention to the details uh, type guy, and whether that was sports or or business, uh, I, I always tuned that tip out. I, I got so tired of hearing him say it. But as I get deeper and deeper into business, you know, things like like our KPIs, our key performance indicators. Those are details, and they and they drive a business.
1: Yep, I love it. So you're saying your parents are really have influenced you to to the person you are today.
0: Parents are huge, and also my wife's parents. You know, I can't go without mentioning them. They um, they taught me the the what it's like to think from abundance. You know, what it's like to to live a life where uh, you can pick both. You don't have to have an either or life, and uh, just really opened up my mindset to what a what abundance looks like.
1: Fantastic. So, uh, if, if they're listening out there, they're going to be very, very chuffed that you, that you are, they are your most influential people in your career. So well done. Last question is the best U S deal you've completed to date. Ah,
0: oh, this is a funny one, Reed. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking about some of these, these sexy projects, if you will. And, uh, just goes to show that all, all deals are, uh, you know, all deals have the potential to be, to be game changers for you. And, one of the first properties that we purchased was a double wad, uh, down a country road that just no one wanted to, to go to this area. It was like a, a half farm, half acreage, uh, with a double wad. And we went in and we fixed up the double wad and we rented it, uh, off and on for about three years. And it was a nice cash generator. It was doing uh, over $500 of, of cash flow a month versus our bank payment. And, uh, so anyway, one one day we get a call. It's time for it to be rented again. And and this was at a time where I was still doing the, you know, I was driving to every property and showing it and, and getting it re-rented. So the, the lady calls me and, and she's like, listen, we're leaving. If you don't, if you're not here in the next five minutes, we're leaving. And I'm like, ma'am, it's traffic. I'm, I'm on the way, I promise. So they're pulling out as I'm pulling in. I flag them down, come back. They look through the house, love it. She tells me that she's selling a house in Illinois. They want to move there and purchase with cash. So we'd bought at a steep discount. They, they paid. We were all in. I think we were all in at 525 or 515. and they closed at, at a one oh five five, uh, dollars all cash deal. It happened like within a week, <laughs> brought the cash to the table, closed it, and, and we were sitting with over $50,000 worth of profit.
1: Wow, that's incredible! And just for all those people, can you just explain what's a double wide?
0: Sure. So a double wide is like a mobile home on a on a fixed foundation, uh, and it's one of those products that uh, you know some people some people won't touch. Um, it's not it's not high enough in the investing standards, but uh, our idea of investment is one that cash flows.
1: Right, right. And so you sold that for a, 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 not a, a mobile home essentially for a hundred grand. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, one. Yeah, and the acreage was very important to these people. Uh, they had horses, and they actually, you know, we drive by occasionally just because it's such a it's such a good story for us that whenever we're in the area, we'll we'll drive by and laugh because we were so stressed about this property at, at certain points of the game. And uh, yeah, they just they have their horses there, and it's a you know it's like two thousand square feet. Um, so it's just it's on a fixed brick foundation, and the people seem to be as happy as can be.
1: Right. That's- that's incredible. I know people with, I'm, I'm, I used to be a horse person and you know, having that acreage is incredible and it doesn't really matter what the house is on it. They just want the acreage for their horses. So uh, good stuff, mate. Uh, my final question for you is, where can people reach you to continue the conversation?
0: Yeah, I love connecting with people on Facebook. You know, as you can hear, and one thing that we have in common, Reid, we, we love the personal stuff, like the, the self-development type stuff. So on Facebook, it's Judson Smith. So it's J-U-D-S-O-N Smith. And uh you'll see the the picture in the background is, you know, one of uh weights and a child and money, um, all the all the elements of, of life that I feel like is important to pay attention to. Um and then central Sierra Investments dot com is our multifamily space. And we'll be able to put that link down there. It's kind of a long one, but be able to pop in and see the bios of the team. Uh, we've got a lot of cool young guys. I think you're actually having having one of our other teammates on soon, which will be very exciting as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. He's coming on, I think, tomorrow or well, the, the, the day after or early next week. So Awesome. Um, but, mate, look, you've been an absolute wealth of knowledge. I've you know, I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you today. Just to better understand the techniques that you're using to actively get investors to say, Yes to a deal, I want in. And you know, you covered such you know so many great little topics. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people replaying this show and jotting down the exact things that you've been saying. The first line, the first sentence. How to text blast? How to do the the voicemail blast? So, mate, really, really awesome stuff. And uh, I just thank you for dropping by and chatting with us. And and have a great rest of your week.
0: I appreciate the invitation, Reid.
1: Awesome stuff, mate. Well, there you have it—a great insight into understanding the different ways you can find investors for your deal. Finding investors is obviously very, very key to, be any, to any successful business, particularly real estate investing. Now, make sure you check out all the show notes for a summary of today's conversation with Judson and any links we mentioned on today's show because there will be a lot of that. Uh, You can just jump on my website at rsmpropertygroup.com. Remember to click on the podcast tab. Whilst you're there, you can sign up for one of our newsletters to keep up to date with all the deals we're currently working on and all the wine and cheese networking events that we host in downtown LA if you are based in the LA area. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to to tune in and continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge as that's what we're all about here on this show, continuing to grow your financial IQ. If you want to find out more about what deals I'm doing and currently investing in, as I said, go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, or you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter for the latest up-to-date information of what we're buying. Just search RSM Property Group or Read Gooses. Also, if you're in the mood of giving back today and you really want to give back something to the show, then jump on iTunes and give the show a five-star review. I really would appreciate it as it helps us grow our community of eager listeners wanting to invest in the United States. We're going to do this all again next week, so take care, be safe, and remember... Happy investing.